Welcome to That 80s Show, and if you're a fan of That 80s Show because you love my lovely co-host, Dory, well, you're shit out of luck. Actually, no, we got a treat, a better treat. Dory could not join us this week, but we went, we said, who is the most famous person we know? We know a lot of famous people <laughs> through That 80s Show. It's like, who is the most famous person? And it's like, if you're a fan of 80s uh, cartoon shows, one of the like underrated best 80s cartoon show was something called Voltron right where it was imagine like power rangers but the power rangers if you don't remember voltron are like mechanical lions and what they would do is they'd battle enemies and villains separately but then they would combine to make one giant robot right so we got the celebrity equivalent of that a man <laughs> who pulls his force and his power from every celebrity he's ever met and there has been a lot of them met him as a humble chart savant, but he is now a fully-fledged, metamorphosized celeb savant. Welcome to that 80 show, Barrett Edelstein. Hello, thank you for having me. I've never heard of that Voltron show. I don't remember it, so I was well, fascinated when you're talking about it. Barrett, we're going to get into something a little bit later. Voltron is quite niche, you know, in the pantheon of like 80s cartoons. Okay. You know, you got He-Man, yep. you got Brave Star, you got Thundercats. Mm. Voltron was a little bit mm. more niche. Um, okay. But we'll get into things that, uh, more popular things that you have not sat down and encountered, but that's for later. So if you've not uh, listened to the show for a while or you're new to the show, we see we've got new listeners all the time, you may not know who this gentleman is, this celeb savant of which we talk. So we're going to spend a couple of minutes up front catching up with him because this man has a fascinating life, absolutely fascinating life. One of the hottest podcasts around. Uh, because he does all the things. He's the most prolific podcaster I think I've ever met. Definitely one of the most prolific podcasters in this country, right? So Barrett's podcast is celebrity-based, right? Tell us a bit more, Barrett. Yep. Yeah, so I do career retrospective-type interviews with singers, actors, actresses, and industry experts. I started off uh, two years ago, July. Uh, coming up July will be two years ago, so 2022, I started off with doing releasing one episode a week, then I was up to, to two episodes a week, and now I'm to three episodes a week. I mean, we, we battle to get one eighty show done a week. <laughs> I don't even know how you do it. Um, but give us some of the names that you have spoken to over time, and it's all it's like kind of like big names, really great heritage names, uh, but also like a lot of hot new up and comers. Yep. So, very, so many super cool, super cool people. UB40, Marcia Barrett from Boney M, Tiffany, Andy McClusky, McClusky, I think how you pronounce it from OMD. Um, yeah. Monday, I interviewed Lloyd Cole. Next week, I've got uh, Sybil for those niche sort of dance people from the yeah. late 80s, 90s. So, Sybil's interview is coming out next week. I'm going to, I'm busy finalizing dates with Crystal Waters. Victoria Monet, who recently won the Best New Artist Grammy. I've been uh, busy with the record label organizing that, hopefully for next week. Martin Garrix, Loisa, Will Lindley, and 179 others. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I did not know. I suppose I had assumed, but I did not connect the dots that you would have, because my daughter loves Will Lindley. Uh, they yes. met him at a concert, had photos, everything. I didn't actually compute that you would have interviewed him. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So I interviewed great. him quite a while ago. Um, I think he was in the first batch of artists. So it wasn't even, okay. it was at the end of, uh, yes, I remember correctly now. I interviewed him the end of 22, 2022's interview came out the January of 2023. God, had his voice broken then because he is disgustingly <laughs> young. He is disgusting. No, he was, he was there like, he's, <laughs> a, he's now like 21. At that time, he was like, 19 or something like that. Exactly. Like, did his parents have to sign forms for him to speak to the celebs? <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's outrageously young, super talented artist. Um, yep. People who maybe missed it. I mean, Barrett gets Christmas messages from Boney M. Christmas WhatsApps. Yes. They send him Christmas WhatsApps from Boney Christmas M. Christmas voice note. Yeah, I was very shocked. Oh. So I had sent a couple. I hadn't really been in touch with Marcia, Marcia from Bonnie M. So I sent her a couple of messages from last year, and then I sent her a, ex, a Christmas Xmas WhatsApp message. And then I get this voice note about 
a week after, a few days after, from her and her, her and her husband wishing me happy Christmas, happy New Year, laughing and joyful message. And I was like, ah, that's so sweet. <laughs> I mean, that is the equivalent of getting like the Easter bunny wishing you happy <laughs> Easter. You know, it's yeah. it's like it's like that thing that you, you when you when you got young kids and you do that Santa thing and you, it's that app. Mm. Uh, if you have young kids, just block their ears right now and they're listening to this. They shouldn't be listening to this because hmm. Palu does like the swears, um, but they shouldn't But block their ears. So it's this app that you get and then it, you put the kid's name in and it generates this video that Santa's like sending them a message and tells them to behave and whatever. It is the oh, equivalent okay. of that. This is the equivalent of that, Barrett. Oh, I think um, that's, this is better <laughs> because it's it a real person. Way better, way better. <laughs> Freaking Boney M wishing you Merry Christmas like to you. That is unreal. <laughs> They even had a song, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Barrett. I mean, that's that's literally <laughs> how that song, extended mix. The other cool thing, uh, I hope you were trending. I hope you hope this show got a lot of hits because uh, a while ago, I was actually with you that day when you interviewed Sophie Ellis-Baxter. And, um, yes. you know, kind of like a lot of it is career retrospection. Uh, but what happens is because, you know, we're in the streaming generation, every now and again, the most random song from the 80s and 90s will just pop up and suddenly it's the number one song, number one streamed song because it's been in a TV show. And uh, Murder on the Dance Floor pops up in Saltburn. Yes. Suddenly, yes. Sophie Ellis Baxter is back like number one in the charts, radio airplay, mm. and you spoke to her. And she's so busy that she loved you, but she's like, I cannot speak. To I'm so busy and so booked yeah. up again, right? So Sophie's episode, I'll remember exactly. Her episode was the 11th or 12th episode that I released. So that was in the first, at the end of uh, August, September, 2022. So I reached out to the record label again now and say, can I please have a follow-up? And they said, no, 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 she's too busy. And you can see she's now, recently was on Jimmy Fallon, first American television appearance. The Americans never really took to her or like, acknowledge her now mm. good on old sophie we love old sophie on the show <laughs> i would um i would uh say that you've got to draw parallels of goes she went back on the celeb savant <laughs> suddenly she's back in the spotlight i don't think it's a coincidence i think it's i definitely think the two are connected um i wanted to ask you something else uh how's my friend thomas anders you got him coming uh, Yes, so good old Thomas. So, yes, we interviewed him for the AD show, and that was a while back, like two years ago, I think, somewhere. Thomas Anders is from Thomas Anders. Sorry, is from Modern Talking for those. Yes, like, correct. You know Neanderth Neanderthals, Neanderthals that don't know. Exactly. Um, well, a lot of people don't know. I mentioned Thomas Anders. They like, look blank face. You say Modern mm. Talking. Oh, we love Modern Talking. Mm. So yeah. So um, I interviewed him again. Oh, couple of weeks ago for Celebs Vint and that show will be coming out in the next short while and very exciting he's going to be performing in South Africa in June Correct. so yeah lots of cool how how is he how is he is he is he still like, I, I stalk him on, on social media is he still so <laughs> handsome he's such a he's such a daddy he's like so handsome I can't even deal That's with it daddy <laughs> yes <laughs> so yes yeah no he's lovely he's very very kind and um, very sweet. So looking forward to seeing him in June when he's here in South Africa. I think that's the word, right? He is such a kind and sweet person. But, mm. you know, if you're listening now and you want to get into Celeb Savant, I think what's phenomenal about what you've done, Barrett, is that like I've been in the radio industry for years. We've always like had access to interview people and you get this like, honestly, it's bullshit pre-scripted. You've got five minutes. You can only ask them about the current album and don't ask them about these questions. And as soon as they're done, you've got the publicist over the shoulder and they just pull them away, right? I think what's really interesting about your show is that because you talk to a lot of heritage artists and up and comers, but you do speak to like a fair amount of like current artists, there's no bullshit in your interviews, right? And that's what I really enjoy because he's, People, like by and large, everybody's sweet. I've been in interviews with you, Citizen Deep, for example. Like, I don't know, there's something just very disarming about you that people just go, oh, okay, this guy's not here to get that PR blitz. He's not a, I think sometimes they see, they suss you out and go, this guy's an influencer. He's just using my name to get his name out there. He wants the selfie. Well, you're not like that. You like 100% yeah. interested in them. Like you really care about them as a person, not, you know, them as, Sophie Ellis Baxter, the superstar. Yeah, exactly. So I go into every interview with non not having the intention of getting the clickbait 
of the filters of the persona. I want to find out or interact with the person behind the persona. So straight away, normally what I, what I normally do is before we even push record, I say to him, cool, I want your birth date. I could get this on Wikipedia, but this sort of disarms him already. I say to him, please give me your birth date because I want to put it in my diary so that when it's your birthday, I send you a birthday message wishing you happy birthday and reminding the listeners to listen to the podcast if they've not done so already. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And I put it in my diary and said, that's fantastic. Then we have a little chat chat. And then I say to them, cool, are you comfortable that we push record? It's just going to be a relaxed conversation like we're having now. And they say, yeah, sure. And my first thing I always say to them is, where do we find you in the world and how are you doing? And it's like, they realize, oh, cool. This is just going to be a conversation. It's not going to be about what they ate for breakfast, who they're shagging, who they had a fight with. And in fact, a number of times or a few times, um, I've had people where they have where they heard that I was going to be doing interviews with so-and-so. And they're like, oh, they had a fight or argument with this person. Ask them about that. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that crap. I want to find out mm. about who they are, how they create, how their creative brain works, and what drives them as a person. Not that other nonsense that everyone, all the other interviewees are generally interested in, because I'm not interested in that. Yeah, ex- exactly. And you know what? He wishes them on their birthday. I mean, I don't know. We cannot figure out how... Barrett only has access to that 80 show Instagram account. We can't figure out how to disconnect or whatever it is. But like, if you go look at that 80 show Instagram, it's, we look great. Cause it's full on wishing all these eighties people <laughs> happy birthday. And we're like, we look like the kindest people. I barely remember my own birthday. So <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, we right. need to sort that out though with the, we need to figure that out. But that's if anyone can help us, if anyone yes. can help us. Um, and, and on that note, listen, that 80 show, uh, we got a Facebook page that 80 show essay on Facebook. We've also got a WhatsApp channel. Um, so if you're old, it's a WhatsApp channel. Um, so <laughs> check that out. That's until we, and then we'll figure out how to, whatever we're doing with Instagram, we broke it. If anybody knows along with that is that not only do you get these interviews, you have cracked the code, you get invited to every event, right? I'm so jealous of you. Like I'll see on celeb savant on, cause you're celeb savant on all the social media uh, S-A-V-A-N-T, right? Savant, yes. uh, you, you've got to know how to spell that. And I see, and oh my God, celeb with C. C-E-L-E-B. Celeb with a C. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. you got to say it. You got to say it. Um, no, but sometimes people I'll, put S for some reason. Right. What's wrong with people? Uh, so <laughs> I um, see your social media and I go, oh no, Barrett's gone to this event and Barrett's been invited to this and Barrett's at the launch of this and Barrett's front row at this and Barrett's at this, with your... 1990s digital camera like he legit has a digital <laughs> a little digital camera okay. from the 90s 2000s not with film still digital yes um okay so retro. so so with these events i it was just taking up too much time to take the camera and the phone because i can't say to an artist oh can we have a photo with the camera and with the phone it's like they look mm. at you strangely so i've gotten into the rhythm now of the events just doing my phone i'll get those developed and when i do stuff personally and out of the slab world, I still use my digital camera. Everyone looks at me strangely, but I'm like, hey, I like my camera. <laughs> hey, that's it. So I want to talk to you about some of the the, the kind of retro things. I mean, could you go to everything? Mm. I mean, you, you go to like pretty much every gig. For some of them, you have to apply. But um, there's a certain, not mentioning names, um, organizer in the space that it's you don't always get an invitation. So um, those ones I'm sometimes disappointed about, but it, it's fine. So I try and get my name out there. What's super cool is up until around August last year, it was all the people that I connected with, you know, in the beginning, like, and all my hard work. Then from like August, September last year, I get in my email, this invitation to this event and that event. I'm like, where are these people getting my details from? Because I, I, I didn't approach them. Now they're approaching me. And I'm like, so I said to them, and I'm tooting my own horn here, I recognize myself, patting myself on the back. I said to them, where did you get my details from? How did you find me? And they said to me, we know who we need to invite. So I'm like, hello. <laughs> so all my hard work is now paying off. <laughs> so that's, that's my coup, right? Because I'm like, I'm like, listen, I need a fill in today. I need a big name. I gotta get. There's only one person I can get, you know. So I know who I need to invite to the show. Ninety, the the hundred percent retro concert. You were there. I was there. You were backstage. I was just a peasant. Well, 
I had a chance meeting with Dr. Alban. Yeah. You had um, canapes with Dr. Alban and Hathaway. Um, awesome concert. Nice people. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, they were cool people. They seemed everyone. Yeah. Cool. So, so um, Penny from Snap was the best. I was like just hanging out. So pre oh, before awesome. we go went into she did a stage. high kick. She did a high kick in her show. She's sixty. She kicked above her head. <laughs> did she? She did. Well, she kicked above her head. <laughs> We were we were sitting and hanging out like in the, like the hotel sort of veranda section. Myself and this other dude, we were just talking and for like 30, 40 minutes. And in my brain, I'm like, every now and then, I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and then I met Rosal. Rosal's lovely. Like she just like hugged me and then hugged me again and awesome. hugged me again. And now we're sort of friends. So yeah, it, it's uh, I don't mean to say so yeah as in being whatever. I'm like it's just like weird. So yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I totally get it. Because even sometimes when I've done stuff with you and we've done interviews together, it's so bizarre. You get off the line, like with Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet, and you're going, mm. holy shit, we just spoke to Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet. <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre, you know. Um, and uh, it, another event I want to talk to you about, because like, obviously there's a lot of 80s stuff happening. Uh, Deacon Blue uh, coming up yes. next weekend as you listen to this, if you listen to this um, just after we release. Uh, OMD's coming up. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Of course, Thomas Anders coming up. Mm. That's going to be outrageous, especially in the 80s space. You've also been going to, I mean, because it's not just concerts, you get invited to like a lot of theatrical productions. So I saw you at a Michael Jackson, like a history stage show yes. type thing. You want to talk to me about that? That looked interesting. So Showtime Australia is, um, they've got this sort of thing now where they're doing sort of these tribute shows so they do the belinda david's whitney houston one as she's part of their repertoire there's they do michael jackson jackson one i saw in the theater as promotion there's going to be a prince one there's going to be a tina turner one there's going to be an abba one there's going to be a bg's one those are the ones i can remember i can't remember all the other artists that they do tribute shows too so i did uh, i was at the um michael jackson history tribute show it was it was nice. It was cool. I've, I've I think we've had this discussion before. I was never a Michael Jackson's fan in with his music after Thriller. Like I was, had Thriller and I was like, okay, this is cool. But then thereafter, I realized every freaking song it didn't matter. Now people are going to bombard me <laughs> with this, but every freaking song didn't matter if he was singing about healing the world or healing yourself or praying to God. He had to grab his crutch and go. Ee! in every single song and it drove me insane i absolutely hated it i thought why do we have to do that when you're singing about healing the world it, why so um that used to drive me insane so but the history show the guy who plays um or portrays or channels michael jackson whatever you want to call it garth fields fantastic the show was super cool i enjoyed it um like i said i'm not a major michael jackson uh uh, song or repertoire fan but the way they did it and portrayed it and did it was a fantastic show look i'm sure macaulay Culkin also got upset with michael jackson uh grabbing his crotch but that's let's not say that <laughs> no <much>. man <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> oh, no. uh, i went to go watch a movie this weekend you also got all the movie mm. premieres it's, you don't understand what this man gets access to <laughs> well um, most of them not all of them <laughs> Okay, most of them, right? Um, yes. What you went to the Barbie movie, the Barbie premiere. Mm. You went to. You don't go to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is not your vibe. Oh no, you? no, 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 no. So I'll explain that. So Oppenheimer was the exact same day as the Barbie one, literally. Uh, yes, so that would yes. have been at nine o'clock in the morning till like twelve, half past twelve, however long that movie was, and then Barbie was in the evening from seven to whatever. And I thought, I can't sit in a movie theater for six, seven hours of the day. It's just too much for my brain. I can't, my brain can't do more than one movie a day in a theater. So, and I was busy during the day. So that's why I chose just to do the Barbie in the evening and just to skip Oppenheimer. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Of course, of course you, you yeah. do that. Um, but one you went to this week, I want to just quickly touch on it, and I think it kind of fits in with the show. Uh, the Bob Marley biopic, One Love. Oh, what yes. Did, what yes, did you yes. think about it? That was fantastic. So, I, you know, always sort of in the periphery, I love music, finding out about the artists and that. But 
I don't know much about Bob Marley because, I mean, he died in 1981, I think it was, 82. Mm-hmm. I knew it was yeah. from cancer. I thought it was more from drug-related things. I didn't realize until now that it wasn't drug-related. It was all because he got skin cancer and he left it. He never checked it. He got a melanoma and that eventually enhanced. But it was a really great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have a new appreciation for him, for, for who he was, his legacy and his music. Yeah, it was really so. I'm a huge Bob Marley fan. I think the and, and music one side, but I think kind of like his place in the world is very interesting. And I've listened to like mm. loads of podcasts and like any kind of Bob Marley documentary, anything I can get my hand on. Um, I absolutely love it. So I really enjoyed it, and I've like listened to loads, like loads of stuff, loads of stuff. Um, I've even got this one of my most prized possessions at the moment is. Uh, Bob Marley's last concert that he performed in Europe before he passed away was at this little ramshackle stadium in Dublin, right? And Mm -hmm. the soccer team that plays there is called Bohemians. And kind of at the anniversary of it, I think it was the 40-year anniversary of that concert, they released this commemorative kit, which is kind of white and it's got the Rastafarian red, green, and gold. And then it's got Mm. this awesome like superimposed image of Bob Marley, just like really crazy it popped us like become one of the most like collector's items shirts in the world. And I got one because my brother-in-law lives in Dublin. And when we went over there last time, we went to go watch a game at the stadium and go, wow, this is the last place he performed. And um, the story of it is that when he was booked to go perform in Dublin, uh, firstly, he was booked at like quite a, you know, prestigious Royal Irish Hall, Royal Irish Academy or something. And they said, no, look, we don't want Rastafarians performing here. So you know, got to find another venue. And yeah. they approached Bob Marley. He said, we found another indoor venue. And he said, you know, indoor venues are expensive. I know there's like a lot of financial problems in Ireland. I want everybody to come to my show. So please get me an outdoor venue. So they presented him with a stadium. He goes, love it. That's where I want to be. And it was like the Irish national uh, soccer team had played there. Bob Marley's a big f- soccer fan. And he was like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. That, like I want it. But he says, on condition that we get to play a soccer match before we perform. <laughs> okay, and then, but that's it. So that's very much what it's like. And even around the stadium, these great murals of Bob Marley um, around the, the stadium and the area. Oh, okay. Um, and listen, there's sinister stuff about um, his story as well. So this mm. movie was made very much by his family and very much like a, a Bohemian Rhapsody or the Alton John biopic Rocket mm. Man. When it's that tightly stage managed, you don't get the full story. It's kind of like this, you know, this perfect sanitized version, if you will. Mm. So, I mean, there's like a whole side of it where Bob Marley was a polygamist and he had multiple wives and multiple families. And there was like a bit of controversy around it at the time, but they don't really touch on that in the movie. Um, There is also like conspiracy theories plus. They did, but they they didn't get into it. Yeah, yeah. Like when they had yeah. the argument with him and his wife, they, yeah. she referenced it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so unless you know his story, you don't actually quite know. Like you go, oh, okay, well, you know, he's a rock star. He likes other women, you know, women throw yeah. themselves at him. But it was a bit more than that. I mean, even, even, the, even the story about his cancer is like, you know, there's CIA conspiracies that because he wouldn't side with certain politicians, they poisoned him. And that's what oh, gave him the okay. cancer because the cancer he got was like, is so ridiculously rare. Um, anyway, so th- there's huge, huge stories about him. There's whole Rastafarians of they, they believe he's jar and the, the actual embodiment of it. So it's, it's wild. Like his story is crazy. Um, but that's a really good movie. And this is not our movie recommendation moment. So that'll come up later. <laughs> uh, but uh, do yourself a favor if you're going to watch one. And you know what? Like, unlike all these biopics, they tend to be take for like three hours this is nice, yeah. short, hour and th- hour and forty minutes or so. Yes, and all of Bob Marley's music, all of Bob Marley's music. Yeah, there are lots of biopics in the pipeline being made uh, at, at present. I mean, I saw there's a Linda Ron- Ronstadt one, which Selena Gomez will be playing in. Obviously, there's Madonna one. There's mm. uh, the Amy Winehouse one. There's a whole bunch of them now. It, it seems to be the new sort of trend. Yeah, and and of course you you trade on it. You get to put some music in it. It's all really cool. Yeah. Um, and the actor who played uh, King uh, Bob Marley, Kingsley Benadier, um, and yes. he's just like doing all the things. He's projected to be the next James Bond. Um, he <laughs> he's so handsome, right? So I'm busy watching. Him, I go like, he's super handsome. This guy, this guy's so handsome. And you go, yeah, Bob Marley was actually a handsome guy. And then you realize, 
No, Bob Marley was a pretty normal looking guy. Yeah. Kingsley's a super good looking guy. <laughs> Speaking of these biopics and that, so I eventually watched the Whitney Houston um, biopic. We discussed it before. But it like it fizzled out and died. Like there wasn't a big hoo ha around it. There wasn't it was hardly at the cinema at all. What happened with that movie? Did it just sort of was that a dud? Can I tell you? I mean, we we did speak about it. it. Was one of our movie recommendations? You know what my feel was, is that the actress who played Whitney Houston had no charisma. Mm. Like I, I think, the, firstly for me, Whitney Houston was beautiful. She wasn't the actress who played her wasn't that remarkable looking. So you kind of yeah. go, I don't for one second believe you're Whitney Houston. And I think that's why it went. Like at no point did I. I mean, you watch Bohemian Rhapsody and you go. Even though, you know, the guy who played Freddie Mercury looks nothing like he's shorter than him. But yeah, yeah. you believe he's Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I Maybe. believe Maybe. Kingsley Benadir. I believed he was Bob Marley. She just had no yeah. charisma. She just like was so meh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, like, I actually saw an article an article this week that um Sony or Primary Wave, who own her rights or whatever, are suing that produ- all the producers was they haven't received any of the money for utilizing the songs in the movie. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. You do, I saw you that do not this fuck, past week actually. Do not fuck with Sony. <laughs> good, <laughs> luck, good luck to those. So not only did they make a shitty movie, they've now pissed off Sony with probably one of their biggest and most lucrative catalogs. So yeah. good luck to that. <laughs> good luck to those okay. guys. Um, Okay, so listen, that is Celeb Savant. You can find his podcast, three podcasts a week. There is a lot to catch up. You don't have to listen to all of them. You can just go to the artists that appeal to you. There are emerging artists. There are directors. There are actors. There is local. There's Mm. international. There's names you've heard of. There's people that you've never heard of. And some of those people you've never heard of phenomenal stories. Um, exactly. I mean, I think who was the DJ that posted the other day he goes, I mean, to your point that we know who to invite. He went, I can't believe that I've just been interviewed on his social media, interviewed yes. by the guy who interviewed Martin Garrix. <laughs> like that's kind of like for yeah, him. So that was, was like, in Vida. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when people start saying that, you think, okay, maybe I have accomplished something. <laughs> so if you want to listen, it's all there. Celeb Savant. Celeb mm, with a C. Savant, S-A-V-A-N-T. He's on all the socials at the same thing. If anything, just watch it for like event porn to just go, how does this guy get all the time to go to like everything, 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 everything. (laughs) Barrett, do you want to hear some 80s jokes? Okay. You do. You have no choice. I'm going to give you some 80s jokes. Okay. um, A big resource of the show that whenever we're running out of content, we go cracked.com. Okay. I'll always give them their credit, they put out fantastic articles every now and again about the 80s, and they've put together a list of jokes from the 80s that just need to be explained today, okay? So maybe in the 80s they were kind of funny, but you'd really have to explain them today. So I'm going to read you some of them, right? So what's the difference, Barrett, between Michael Jackson and Richard Pryor? I don't know. Okay, Michael Jackson was burned using Pepsi, and Richard P- Pryor was burned using Coke. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> Do you get that? Yeah, get yeah, that? yeah. It took me a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So just in case you didn't get it, Michael yeah. Jackson was forming a Pepsi commercial and he caught on fire, yes. like literally caught on fire. And then his Richard hair, Pryor, yeah. yeah, his hair caught fire. And then Richard Pryor was free basing Coca-Cola, or Coca-Cola cocaine, and set himself <laughs> on fire. <laughs> okay. So, Okay. Glad you got it. Wait, what does free um, basing cocaine mean? What does that mean? I've no idea. I just see them do okay. it in drug movies. I think it's like okay. you, the coke becomes a liquid or something, and then you inject. I don't know. It's a pipe. I think. Uh, I think you smoke it. I, I don't know. I don't know drugs. Love Bob okay. Marley. Don't know drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to read you one more joke. These are eighties jokes okay. that just don't stand the test of time. Mm. Is how many letters are in the alphabet, Barrett? 26. In the 80s. No, in the 80s, there were only 22 because E.T. went home and somebody shot J.R. Ach, <laughs> Okay. And this one, okay. kind of the absolute level 
of that 80 show humor. How come the members of U2 still, still haven't found what they're looking for? I don't know. Because the streets have no name, Barrett. The streets oh, have no name. <laughs> Bono's in trouble. He was causing shit this week. I see he's being canceled again. I don't know what he was doing. Um, Cancel, I never knew he was canceled before. <laughs> yeah, he was. he's always canceled. He's always doing something wrong. He did something again. I don't know. I just saw Bono I just, controversy. Like, I'm so over this cancel nonsense. It's like, ugh, whatever. Yeah, really? I think you can get canceled and canceled, yeah. And uh, a final 80s joke from crack.com of 80s jokes that did not age well that needs some explanation. Mm. What do Abram Lincoln and an 80s sitcom have in common? What's that? They were both shot before a live audience. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that one. I got him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, one thing we do on that 80s show is we go back to the 80s television and movies and um, talk about stuff from the 80s that uh, maybe you forgot about. Dory likes doing, sometimes we do modern day stuff, documentaries about 80s people, uh, but kind of like our 80s themed uh, multimedia recommendation. So Barrett, yes. you said you got something very exciting for me this week. Oh, I'm so very excited. I went down to rabbit hole before. So I love, and now I know you're going to laugh and everyone's going to laugh at me, which is fine because um, it's fantastic. I loved, my show was the Mickey Mouse Club show. I love the Mickey Mouse show, <laughs> Club show. And it, to such an extent, okay, now this, M-I-C-K-E-Y, you know me, K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Hey, they, howdy, ho, they, and I don't know the rest. But anyway, so we in South Africa, we didn't get like the last four seasons. We only got like the first three seasons. So we never saw when Brittany and Justin and Christina and all those people were on. But we got the first um, three seasons. So I had to be home every single day. And I recorded the songs, the clips, the songs. You know, they did a music video and they had an artist. Yeah. And every day they had a song. I've still got them on VHS. I need to get them transferred onto DVD. So, and I love them so much that I used to dress like they used to, the guys used to wear hats and waistcoats. And I used to buy waistcoats and hats to dress like them. But um, like no one else dressed like that in South Africa. I just dressed like that and everyone thought I was weird, but that's okay. And then there was even... Um, a Mickey Mouse Club CD that was released from a later series. I've got that CD. And then five of the the, the performers, Dee Dee, Tiffany, Albert, Chase, and Damon, they went to perform a group called The Party that was semi-ish sort of uh, successful in the States. And um, I've got all their CDs. And I'm very excited because through my rabbit hole this morning, I found their contact details. And guess who's going to be guests on Celeb Savant? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse? You got Mickey Mouse. That's Just tell me you got Mickey Mouse. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that I love that outrageous. I loved that it. I like, watched it all the time. So, so my show is the Mickey Mouse Club. And... Um, it was just, you know what I even did? I remember I had an, I looked up agents because I used to practice the dances and follow them and do everything. And I used, to, I remember phoning up an agent um, at the time and asking them if they could help me be, get to become a musketeer on the Mickey Mouse Club. Could they organize an audition for me and send me over? That is outrageous. Listen, it surprises me zero. The fact that you used to wear a waistcoat surprises me zero. Um, the Mickey Mouse Club was so outrageous because it was, you know, that time period, like Americana just blew up, right? Like New Age Americana, not the 1950s, that era. Mm, yes. New Age Americana blew up. And Mickey Mouse Club, especially for like our generation, was so, like you say, you had to get home. They did like little skits, if you don't remember. They did yes. like music. Yeah, they'd take the popular music of the day and perform yes. that song, right? Song, yeah. Even on, on a Tuesday, I remember it was a Tuesday, they created like a sort of mini series within the show. And the actors like, and the story, and it was like five minutes within the Mickey Mouse Club. And the story ran for like, I don't know, five or six weeks. And a lot of those actors... Were like went on to become famous. So a lot of them, like Jason Priestley, Shannon Doherty, Jenny, Jenny Garth, all those people from Beverly Hills 90210, I remember them being these like little shows really? within the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. A lot of those big actors were in those sort of shows. 
Wow, I don't know that. But yeah, because everybody yeah. knows that that who, who was it was Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, yep. Ryan Gosling, yep. and Christina yes. Aguilera. They were all together, yes. but not on. We yeah, you're right. We never saw it. Yeah, we never saw um, that. Also on those series, um, those those seasons when those guys were in. Also Kerry Russell, that actress who, yes, um, yes, she was also and JC Chases, really JC Chases from In Sync. He was also part of that crew. Yeah. That is so crazy. But I mean, obviously, like, I mean, and this was kind of just at the era of manufactured pop bands. So obviously they go, okay, well, where are we going to find super talented kids who are okay with like hectic routines, hectic dance routines, mm. being in the biz, kind of like a little bit of an incubator. So it makes sense that go into it. I got to ask you a question, Barrett, though, because yeah. there'll be people going, hey, Mickey Mouse Club, I loved it. But there'll also be people who loved Kids Incorporated. Now, which one? Yes. I mean- you, I mean, do you give them props or was it like you're totally anti-Kids Incorporated? No, no. So, I mean, um, we only also got the first like season of Kids Incorporated. There were like seven or eight seasons of it. We never got the rest of them. So, I remember seeing more of um, more of Mickey Mouse Club than I did mm. of, of Kids Incorporated. And if I think back, Kids, Kids Incorporated was once a week. Mickey Mouse Club was every single day. So mm, okay. it was more to engage me with. I loved Kids Incorporated as well. Loved it. Okay. But I think Mickey Mouse trumps it because there was more to engage me with. Because more more of it. It's Mouse's basically. house. I mean, it's gonna be pizzazz. <laughs> it's gonna be Disney. It's like it's it's huge. I did not yeah. think today that I'd be talking about Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> that is I remember so badly one in one in the Mickey Mouse years. I was just like because you get the waistcoats you got, but you're not a mouseketeer. Unless you have the Mickey Mouse ears, like that is it. Yes, and they, they all ha- they all had their uh, bomber jackets, or those sort of yes. those baseball jackets, yes. like with bl- red and black, and with their names at the back. And that's how they always started the show, running through the crowd who yes. were screaming, and then they would all like dance, and they all had their bomber jackets, and they would take them off, and then they each did like little skits and dances and stuff. I loved it. <laughs> Mickey Mouse rock the house. Hey, that, that was yes. the lyric, Mickey Mouse rock the house. Like if you were nine or 10 years old watching Mickey Mouse Club, you're like, like to Barrett, that is the dream. Like I want that bomber jacket. I don't yes. want to dance with young Britney Spears. It's cool. I was young as well. So it's like, <laughs> this is, this is the life. Fantastic. Fantastic recommendation. Have you, in, in, in your like searches, were you able to find, um, were you able to find any like episodes or? Yes, on YouTube this morning I was watching. You know, remember it had that intro, the dance, the singing intro. Hey there, howdy, howdy, howdy. and then each yeah. of the the people or the performers, am I pop in front? Of Jennifer, Mark, yes. Brittany. <laughs> so I I saw a um, I saw this morning all seven seasons of the intros that, and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. Ah, oh, I would have wished I would have seen that season. <laughs> it must, it must be cool that though, like watching some people pop up and go, Hey, that, that, that oh, that person was that, oh, that, that must, that must yeah, be a yeah. fun little game. Um, yes, it was. so you're going to give us that clip. We're going to put on that 80 show essay, Facebook and what's up that 80 show essay. We also okay. put the link on that 80 show essay, Facebook or on our, in our show notes on the show. Fantastic Barrett. Fantastic. I'm going to go the polar opposite of Mickey Mouse Club because that's very sanitized, <laughs> very Disney. I'm going to go the other way. And um, I needed you to know somebody before I spoke about it. Uh, I know you know everybody, but, you know, sometimes I get quite niche on stuff. So Carl Weathers, uh, huge actor from the 80s, uh, passed away a couple of weeks, I think this month, 1st of February. And um, he, a lot of his uh, work has kind of popped back up. Of course we know him from... He was Apollo Creed and Rocky, right? Okay, so, and some people, and I think latterly people have come to accept that Rocky and Apollo Creed, it's a Rocky and Apollo Creed. It's not just Rocky. Like Rocky needed Apollo Creed and Apollo Creed's arch through Rocky is just as um, important as Rocky's, right? Now, Barrett, I know you've never watched Rocky, but you're familiar with Rocky. (laughs) You watched the Eye of the Tiger video. So that's good enough. Yeah, music video. (laughs) Yes, you know that, right? running up the stairs. Yes. yes, so you know that, right. So yeah. that's Apollo Creed's big role. Love it. A few weeks ago, we spoke about the entire Apollo Creed series and kind of like how that extended Apollo Creed universe. And of course, uh, Carl Weathers passes away. And recently we saw him in uh, Mandalorian. 
but the movie I'm going to talk about today was kind of meant to be his breakout to be, because in the 80s, it was action stars. So you had top of the pile, Schwarzenegger and mm. Stallone, right? They were the yeah. absolute top. Then underneath, you kind of had Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, Dolph Lundgren, Yes. Um, Mel Gibson for a bit, Bruce Willis a little bit, and mm. Carl Weathers was supposed to slot into that. So kind of like if you watch Expendables, not the guys in the front of the poster, the guys on the side of the poster, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Carl Weathers was set up to be that. So Carl Weathers, of course, does Rocky. I mean, he's carved out of granite at this stage. He is phenomenal. His muscles have muscles. He is an absolute specimen. Put him in a museum. Like, study that. That is how glorious he's looking at the stage, right? And he does Predator with Arnold Schwartz. So he's been in, he's been with Sylvester Stallone, held up. He's been with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator, holds up. So he starts speaking to the director of Predator and saying, listen, like, we can make a movie, action star, whatever. And he goes, love it. Write me the movie. Let's get it made. So they make this movie. My movie recommendation this week called Action Jackson, which is widely referred to as the best action movie you've never seen. You you I, gossip. I, I remember I hear I remember that name. I remember that so, name. So I never watched name, it, but I remember that yes, name. That's a, that's the thing. People remember the name. They vaguely familiar with it, but they never watched it for whatever reason, right? So mm. let me tell you about the greatest action movie you've never seen. Okay. The greatest action movie that I hope a lot of you go and watch. So, I mean, even iconically, right, Barrett, have you seen that meme of the two arms, like two big bicep muscly arms clasping each other? Have you ever seen that? Okay. Mm, I'm not really I'll, a meme person. So. Okay. I'll remind everyone, I'm going to put this on that 80 Show essay Facebook page, right? So if you've seen that, it's two arms and people like put it there and then they put like different words on it to like go, this is how tightly bound we are. It's kind of like a meme for showing like two things go together. The two yeah. arms, the one on the right is Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm and the one on the left is uh, Carl Weathers' arm, right? He's he's meme. He's he's meme royalty. So okay. he go, Action Jackson, maybe you heard the name because how the movie got the name is there was a, a cast member or a crew member that now hears about this movie being made and he says, listen, I will do anything with this if you want, I'll do anything to make this movie. I'll be there like Action Jackson. And they went, that is a phenomenal name. Oh, <laughs> okay. That yeah, is yeah. what we are calling it, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe, because everyone says, hey, you like Action Jackson. And they use that without really knowing. So they give Action Jackson, they give uh, Carl Weathers his starring role, right? And his story is he's this, he's in Detroit. And Detroit's kind of like in this period of the 80s was, like a rundown city because they were the heartbeats of motor manufacturing in America. Americans loved American cars until Japanese cars started coming in. And then a lot of the big factories started closing down, laying off people, downsizing. So Detroit was kind of like this byword for unemployment, crime, and poverty. And, you know, Robocop was set there. Beverly Hills cop Axel Foley comes from Detroit. And Carl Weathers plays this tough Detroit cop who does things by his own rules, you know, his own rules type of thing. <laughs> and yep. he's got such a reputation, kind of like a Chuck Norrisy reputation of there's a bag snatcher gets arrested and the cops picking him up uh, are like telling him about Action Jackson, but in this Chuck Norris type of way, oh, well, people say he was the first man in space without a, a spacesuit, And people say no one knows who his father is, but they did studies and his father is Bigfoot. And they just like, he's just got this legend, right? Yeah, yeah. And then... um He's just got this legend, right? So to the point that the perp just passes out because he's so afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's just so afraid of everything that's happened now. And uh, the first time we see Action Jackson, he's now in trouble with his detective, with his uh, superior officer. And he says to the guy, um, you know, you can't do that. You can't go around ripping people's arms off. He rips the person's arm off. And he says, I don't think it'd be that big a deal because he's got a spare. <laughs> <laughs> yes this movie action one-liners later on he shoots a guy with a flamethrower and he says how do you like your ribs barbecued and then shoots him in the ribs <laughs> with the flamethrower i mean this is this is beautiful gold beautiful 
So story goes, uh, he is a cop, does things by his own rules. There is a very corrupt businessman in the motor industry, starts killing union reps. The story's irrelevant, played by Craig T. Nelson, and uh, he's very powerful. Action Jackson starts investigating the murders, and then he gets Action Jackson demoted uh, from being Action down to being Paperwork Jackson. So Paperwork Jackson's like, no, I've got to <laughs> save my reputation, and I've got to clear my name, and I've got to get this guy. I've got to take him down. Uh, we then meet the two ladies involved in the movie, two fantastic uh, actresses who are both involved with the Craig T. Nelson character. His wife is played by a very young Sharon Stone. Um, okay. You know, Sharon Stone at this point, we hadn't seen her entire range of Sharon Stone, if you know what I mean, right? We weren't familiar <laughs> with all her work at this point, right? We had The flexibility in her work. Yes, <laughs> yes right. Okay, so, so at this point, that, that's Sharon Stone. And then the mistress is played by, and this is somebody you know, Vanity. Yes, I, right. I remember. Oh. She was a singer, hey. Well, she was part of Prince's crew. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. She, she yeah. was Prince's ingenue. She was Prince's muse. He calls her his muse. Um, he also calls uh, um, uh, Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles one of his muses. And if you look at Susanna yeah. Hoffs and Vanity, because Prince could never get to Susanna Hoffs. So he kind of like, Okay, created vanity in her image. And yes, so he, uh, Prince, listen, when you're Prince's muse and he's writing music for you and producing your albums, mm. you're going to make some pretty decent stuff, I think. Uh, so yeah. she, <laughs> she was lucky that way, but she never broke through. And um, I first got a crush on Vanity when she was in The Last Dragon. Uh, she was in that as well. Plays exactly the same character. And she's now the mistress and uh, the Craig T. Nelson character keeps her sweet by keeping her drug addicted, keeping her on smack, keeping her on the smack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, oh, Barrett, there are so many funny things in this movie. I mean, there is this one gangster who attacks people and cuts off their balls and keeps them in a jar. And he calls the balls right, fracks. Okay. Yeah, he said, I'm going to take your freaking fracks. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, it is action. It is awesome. It is one of the most fun 80s style action movies you've not seen. If you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. We'll put some clips on YouTube. Um, yep. The movie did quite well, right? It opened the same year as Steven Seagal's first movie and actually outperformed it, right? Okay. And, you know, over the years, there's kind of been like suggestions of going, the, the critics panned the movie, fans loved it, but there was a suggestion that, you know, Hollywood was going, we can't build a franchise around a black lead actor. Like he's a great <sighs> sidekick. Yeah. And, and that was kind of like the feeling of going, yeah, we, it, no one's, this is not going to sell. We can't do it. Um, which is very foolish on their part because they had a guy who was like, hey, not Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone level granted, but kind of that next level, he was definitely there better, better actor than Steven Seagal. And yeah. um, so, Action Jackson, great movie. Uh, they were always meant to do a sequel. They never did a sequel. Carl Weathers did another movie where he played a very similar character. And in Europe, it was released as um, Action Jackson 2. Uh, so, you know, a little bit. In that one, he's with Billy D. Williams, of, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> um, but that is my movie recommendation this week. Action Jackson in celebration of Carl Weathers' career. The best action movie you've never seen. Sharon Stone's gorgeous. Vanity's gorgeous. Carl Weathers, I've got to tell you about this one scene. He is so super powered, right? A taxi, somebody tries to take him out with a yellow taxi cab. He <laughs> jumps over the taxi cab, jumps over, not jumps on the bonnet and runs, jumps over, right? Chases the taxi cab. Now it's a driving car and driving. He chases it on foot, catches up with it, jumps on the roof, gets driven around. They try and throw him off. And he punches the guy out through the windscreen. Wow. It says action. It is action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that is my movie recommendation. Polar opposite of um, Mickey Mouse Club. The Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. You're gonna get a bit you're gonna get a bit of everything. Exactly. A bit of everything. You're gonna get Can I give you a, a quick factoid? Oh, please, I love so, factoids on the show. So we spoke about Prince and him producing artist music and it's just randomly came into my brain so i thought i'd share 
So Martika, we love Martika, who's part of Kids mm-hmm. Incorporated. So full circle moment mm-hmm. you're happening. Mm-hmm. So her second album, Martika's Kitchen, was produced by Prince. And you'll hear him on background vocals. So she was also one of his muses or whatever you want to call it mm. for that album. See, that's that's fascinating stuff. Um, because he wrote <laughs> uh, he, he wrote one of the bangle songs for Susanna Hoffs because he was so infatuated with I think it was Manic Monday. Manic he Monday, wrote, yes. Yeah, he wrote Manic Monday for her. Another factoid about um, Action Jackson, Paula Abdul choreographed all of Vanity's dance moves because oh, Vanity is a, okay. she's like a nightclub singer in this and Paula Abdul. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, so it's just got factoids everywhere. Love, love exactly. that one. We love factoids. All of Prince's yes. ingenues. All of Prince's <laughs> ingenues. Um, so this has been that 80s show, a fascinating episode with the celeb savant. Uh, give him a listen. Just give him a listen. If, if people want to start one episode, your favorite oh. episode, I think I know which one it is. But people need to start somewhere. Which one should they go to right now? Oh, I don't know. I, I love them all. I think they were fantastic. They were great. Um, I'm going to list. I'm just going to. Okay, you say, this, and I'm no, going to list, list five. List, list, okay, list your five. Let's do five. That's good. I'm just going to list five. So um, the... Tribute to Olivia Newton-John with her publicist, Michael Caprio. I'm going to mm-hmm. say um, the latest release, which is a director, South African director, Robert Dos Santos. I'm going to say Macy Gray. I'm going to say, um, so that's three. Let's just do two uh, 80s artists. Let's say Boney M and Marcy Barrett from Boney M. And let's say Tiffany. Like I said, they're all my favorites. They're all brilliant, but I'm just randomly picking five. So many people. Tiffany was cooking while Barrett was talking to her. <laughs> she released a cookbook. Or someone was uh, in the kitchen with the pots and pans. <laughs> it was probably her because she was writing a cookbook at the time. My one that I said people must start with, I even forgot. I was like, oh, Tiffany. I was like, okay, where do you start? Sananda Matreya. Um, oh, you yes, yes, From yes. the 80s as Terrence Trent Arby. That was like real. That was a really, really good one. He was really well. I'm going to be interviewing him again soon because he's got a new album coming out in April this year. Doing all the things. That is Celeb Savant. Thank you for listening to That 80 Show. Everything you heard on the show can be found. That 80 Show SA Facebook page. Play a drinking game when you post up that like intro of Mickey Mouse Club. Every time you recognize someone you know, so you recognize somebody, have a shot. Have a drink on <laughs> Barrett. Thanks for joining me, Barrett. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.